Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to the Nope Too Creepy podcast. If you've been keeping up with the show, then you know. Earlier this summer, I launched my first Kickstarter for my new horror-themed board game, Encounters. You'd also know that, a month later, I realized it was destined to fail and canceled it. And I did all that with the plan to fix what I can with the game, and the actual plan for the Kickstarter, with the hope that I'd relaunch someday in August. Well, dear listener, that day is today. As of this episode going live, the relaunch for Encounters, the cryptid hunting game, is back on Kickstarter. I don't want to get into all the boring details of why, but I really think this time will be a lot different. I took all the mistakes I made last time and addressed every single one of them. Needless to say, it's been one of the most stressful summers of my life, but I think it'll all be worth it. Only time will tell. And during said time, this show will be featuring stories all about fun and games and toys, all wonderful things. What could possibly be scary about that, right? (laughs) You'll see. This episode will feature one long, epic tale, featuring a group of longtime friends who get together for a weekend of fun and, well, games. While it starts off with party games and drinking games, these friends eventually turn their sights to a board game. And it doesn't take long until they realize they should have just went with a game of beer pong instead. Written by Blake Blizzard, aka Leo of Alexandria on Reddit, here is I Wish I Never Played This Board Game on Friday the 13th. That can't be what I think it is, I said out loud. My friends and I had decided to get together at my place for some good old-fashioned fun. Our version of such includes competing in college drinking games. I'll tell you right now that we are much past college age. I'd also tell you, though, that playing beer pong and flip cup isn't weird yet for us, if you get me. I'm only 35, my former roommate Jay is just a year younger, and our twin friends Kendall and Kelsey are maybe 36 or 37. We are drinking game OGs and feel 100% confident that we can enjoy tossing a little ping pong ball into a questionably clean red solo cup of Miller Lite for at least another year or two. Hitting the Lordy Lordy Look Who's 40 club might be the end of the drinking games. Yo, Jake, have you or Jay ever played the game called Depth Charge? Kelsey said. Or maybe it was Kendall. Shit. After all these years, I still have a hard time differentiating between the two. Me and Jay, whose real name is Jeremiah, shared a Bio 101 class with the twins first day of college. 
When I knew he wanted to be a doctor, I thought it would be funny to call him Dr. J, like the Philly basketball legend. And it stuck. Not only were me and Jay randomly paired as roommates, but we also happened to have our first class together. That's how our friendship started, and we've been connected ever since, at least in communication in our post-college life. Jay has long since moved to the southeast to practice medicine. No, I said. Can't say that I have. I stopped myself. Like I said, I still don't recognize which twin is which. Clearing my throat, I continued. Nope, can't say I have. And I left it at that. I suspect both Kendall and Kelsey have recognized my failure to identify them and have mercifully given me a pass. Hell, I have twin cousins. I was in my teens when they were born, so I've seen them grow up and I still don't recognize them. Thankfully, one has gotten a lip piercing, so that helps. But as most twins, they choose to dress, act, and always talk the same. I'm sure most twins are used to this. I was never great at science or math. Jay, like I said, became a doctor, so he was more than capable of helping me during that initial undergrad class. But we needed to break into groups of four for the lab part of the class, and we both thought the twins were cute, like every other guy in the class, I'm sure. Jay's charm and my brooding mystery somehow worked, and we all partnered up. We were in the very beginning of the, quote, emo explosion in the early 2000s, and I just took to it. Brooding and dark didn't even begin to describe my personality back then. But I did like drinking, and so did Jay, so we got along right off the bat. Turned out, so did the twins. And we remained friends all through college and beyond. Kelsey, Jake's never played depth charge, she said, smiling like a goofball. They do this when people don't remember which twin they're talking to. It's so considerate it hurts. One will call the other by their name so you can cue into who you're talking to. Very considerate. Kendall gives me a look like, it's fine, we came all this way to hang, don't worry about the names, blah blah blah, and I'm very much appreciative. Kelsey and Jay, having a convo of their own near the bar area in my basement, came skipping over, drinks in hand, to admonish me for my inexperience in this particular drinking game. It's a rare, nice early spring day here in the great state of Michigan, where I live. All four of us met here, Central Michigan University. Fire up chips. I have remained here to this day, not at CMU, of course, but in Michigan. Jay is in the southeast, as I previously mentioned, and the twins both took teaching jobs in the greater Phoenix, Arizona area. As adults, we all know how hard it is to coordinate our schedules, but it just happened to work for all of this. Jay put a group text out about a month ago, seeing if we could all meet up, and relive the glory days for a weekend. I quickly offered up my place. I've got the room, and thankfully we landed on an early May date that we could all do. Jay already had time scheduled off, 
and the school both twins work for happened to have a three-day weekend for some type of principal training. Not sure what that is, as I've been out of high school for quite some time. Either way, here we are. All four of us hanging out in my basement, shotgunning beers and slamming quarters. Kendall and Jay arrived at the ping pong table I bought online just for tonight's occasion. Kendall bumps the edge a little bit, rocking the undrunk cups of light beer from an earlier beer pong game. How have you never played Depth Charge? Kendall looked at her identical self with a wild look of what an idiot on her face. I just stood there and shrugged, looking at Jay for some kind of backup or confirmation that he's never played it either. He shrugged back at me, mouthing something like, I don't know either. He started to giggle to himself. We were all having a monster time. I see he's along for the ride here, waiting to see how the twins are about to embarrass me about this depth charge, even though he's never played the damn thing himself. No matter. Time to take the bait. Okay, ladies and lords of drinking games, pray tell, what is this beautiful game? The twins both laugh, almost snorting out vodka cranberry from their nose. They even drink the same thing all the time. Kendall takes a seat at the bar, like it'll help while explaining the game. Okay, so it's a two-player game with maybe a maximum of four players, which is, oh, damn, exactly what we have. She extends both arms out, reiterating that there are in fact four of us. You fill up a pint glass of beer, and ever so gently place a shot glass in the middle. If you do it right, it'll just sit above the liquid. Then, then, you take turns pouring sake into the shot glass. The goal is not to sink the glass under the beer. The strategy is not to be the one to sink the shot. If you do, you have to chug both the beer and the shot. Simple, right? Sounds kind of fun, actually, I thought. I'm game, I said, throwing up my hands. Jay nods in approval, and so does Kelsey. Ah, only problem is I don't have any sake, I said. I have a nicely stocked bar, but never thought to have sake. Just not one of those drinks I've kept in my collection. It doesn't have to be sake but it's so light that it helps keep the shot glass from sinking quickly, Kendall says. I want to do it the way that it's supposed to be done, especially since she seems so excited about it. I can run to the party store right now. It's only 9 o'clock and it won't take long, I told them. They all started doing the no, don't go out type of thing, but I let them know that the party store is just around the corner, only a five-minute walk from the house. No driving tonight. I'm never going to risk that problem. Fun fact, here in Michigan, we use the term party store to describe all liquor stores and many convenience stores in our area. I didn't know until I was older that the term was exclusive to the Great Lakes state. Other places might call it a beer store, a packy, or a bodega, even. 
You guys put on some Taking Back Sunday or Avril Lavigne, and I'll be back before you know it. Nostalgia, you see. Stepping outside, I was immediately hit by the unseasonably warm early May weather. It made me feel... content. The jingle overhead signaled that I had arrived. Mr. C's Party Store on Nine Mile and Jefferson. One of my home-away-from-home spots. I nodded to Sam, the store owner, that never seemed to have a day off. Heading to the back of the store, I found just what I was looking for. A black bottle with gold Japanese writing on it. A $14 bottle of sake. This should do. As I walked towards the counter with my prize, I stopped. I felt like I hit an invisible barrier. That can't be what I think it is. Is that a board game? I've never seen a board game in this or any other party store before. They might have playing cards or even packs of ping pong balls and cups for playing beer pong, but never board games. On the second to bottom shelf sat a dusty black rectangular box. Upon it were the words, Lake Kill, the board game. I felt like I was starring in a 1980s slasher or something. Dimwit male lead finds a cursed board game, plays with naive drunk friends, brutal and maybe hilarious consequences follow. To add to the Hollywood-like aura, I had to literally dust off the top of the box, revealing the logo. A simple red canoe with oars crossing behind it like a skull and crossbones type aesthetic. This looked like it would be a great time. I sped walked to Sam. I threw the sake and quote, cursed board game on the counter. His expression was blank. Uh, Sam, what's up, man? He quietly grabbed a bag from behind the counter. He calmly put my black and gold sake in it and pushed it towards me. Thanks, but I also have this here too. I tapped the top of the black rectangular box. I didn't see the price, but I know he only charged me for the bottle that had just been bagged. You're good, is all Sam said. No, Sam, seriously, I want to buy this, just... Tell me what you are good, Sam said, as serious as a heart attack. I didn't want to push it, so I tucked the game under my arm and grabbed the sake. Weird. I hope he's okay. When I got home, I kicked off my shoes, hung my sweatshirt up, and headed downstairs with the game behind my back. My three guests seemed like they were still having a great time. Music was blaring, used shot glasses lined the bar, and the pizzas we ordered earlier had almost been demolished. Okay, party people, I got the stuff that's going to pop my depth charge cherry. Let's light this fuse. Jay and the twins collectively cheered, if mockingly. After making myself another drink, Kendall started filling up a glass for the game. 
As she was picking out a not-so-heavy shot glass to make the game last longer, I totally forgot what other purchase I had acquired. Oh, hey, you want to see something weird? That was greeted with blank stares. Probably not the best way to start a sentence. We all laughed, breaking the awkward silence, thank goodness. No, for real, check this out. With that, I ran back upstairs and grabbed the game. As I hopped back down the stairs, I held it out proudly in front of me, displaying it like Vanna White. Again, blank stares. What is this? I don't get it, Jay said. The twins nodded in agreement. I had to quickly realize that they don't know I just picked this up from the party store. They must have thought I just had this laying around the house. I explained that I just happened to see it sitting on one of the shelves and how weird that was. They eventually understood how uncanny finding a board game at a party store was. So, the four of us sat at the bar with the Lake Kill board game sitting in front of us. Well, let's play, Kelsey said. She looked at her sister to see what her thoughts were. Kendall cracked a smile. I gladly took the honors of tearing the cellophane wrap off the box. Carefully opening the lid, I revealed the actual board. I removed said board, revealing a standard Monopoly-style design. Squares littered every side. They stated things like, pick a card, move two spaces, and lose life. Under the board lay two compartments, holding a stack of cards. One was black, the other red. There were also some icons you could use to move, like the top hat or car from Monopoly. But these were... strange. They included a hockey mask, a knife, a noose, and a diamond. What was even stranger was that there were only four pieces when the box said the game was made for two to eight players. Um, I'll be the hockey mask, I guess, Jay said. Damn, I wanted that one. The twins took the next two, the knife and the noose. Guess that leaves me as the diamond. Jay started reading the instructions. This is like a Frankenstein of rules. They don't make sense and are all molded together. It doesn't make much sense at all, man. Frankenstein's monster, I said. What? Jay said, looking confused. Sorry, it's just something that always bothers me. When you refer to something strange or freakishly put together as Frankenstein... What you really mean is Frankenstein's monster, not Dr. Frankenstein, the mad scientist. We all laughed a bit, but I really had to point out the difference. Whatever, man, Jay said. It says here the oldest rolls first. Yay, Kendall said, joyfully grabbing the die. What? 
I'm five minutes older, Kelsey. Sorry. She said, making a loser sign with her thumb and forefinger to her younger sister. Kendall rolled. Three. She landed on the third spot, which instructed her to pull a chance card. She read it out loud to us. Stay quiet. He's outside the door. We all seemed to stop breathing. What the hell does that mean? Before any of us could muster a response, we heard three loud banging noises coming from the front door above us. Now, with wide eyes, the twins looked at us. Did... Did you order something or have someone else come over? Kendall said. Shh, her sister said. The card said to be quiet. Three more aggressive bangs made us all jump. Not knowing if this was a coincidence or someone actually at the door, I put my index finger up to my lips, signaling the others to remain quiet as I went to the base of the stairs where I could get a visual of the front door. I didn't see anything. Must have just been a coincidence. Just as that thought finished in my head, the lights went out. A scream escaped from the girls. It honestly could have been from any of us, but I'll choose to blame it on them. When the lights turned back on, there was a plain yellow card laying in front of Kendall. What the hell, man? What kind of game is this? Jay said, looking at me. Kendall turned the card over to reveal only one character. The number, one. At this moment, I finally realized what day it was. May 13th. Friday. Jay kept reading the instructions. As he read, we all determined that this was not an ordinary game. Jay scanned to the final objective. The first to obtain the seventh yellow card wins. That's odd. You would think the first to get 13 wins, but whatever. If you do not successfully complete the tasks given, the punishment would be dished out, detailed by the other set of cards. Okay, okay, just follow the instructions, guys. As the game laid them out, it's just a game, I said, trying to sound convincing. The knocks were just, well, I don't entirely know. But it couldn't be something related to the game. It's just an awful coincidence. Dumb kids playing ding-dong ditch or something. Hey, we stayed quiet and won that round, so let's just stay in the spirit of the game. I knew they didn't believe that. Hell, I didn't believe that. I can't believe I had not realized we were all gathered on Friday the 13th the first one in almost nine months. Who's next, Jay? I asked. Jay looked flustered, but pulled the instructional pamphlet to his face. 
After the first roll, the turn will continue clockwise. Jay placed the instructions down and looked at me. He was sitting to Kendall's left. It was his turn. Jay rolled a two. His hockey mask landed on a space that said two simple words. You're safe. What does that mean? What do we do? I asked. The next person goes, Jay said. I don't have to draw any cards. I'm just... I'm safe. What's in your drink? Kelsey asked. We all looked at it. A sickly yellow card covered in an unknown sludge. Slowly fishing it out, Jay held it up. The only thing written on it was the number two. Kelsey's turn. She hesitantly rolled. The black and white die fell with the six face up. The space she landed on said, pick up a red card. She did as instructed. I could see her face fall when she silently mouthed the card to herself. Kendall shook her. What? What does it say? Kelsey stared straight ahead, silently handing the card over to her twin sister. Kendall read it out loud. Sorry, you're not the final girl. Thank you for playing. I let out a nervous laugh, not meaning to. Relax, Kelsey. It's just a game. That doesn't mean any... Boom. The lights went out again. Panic ensued between the twins, accompanied by me and Jay, trying to make sense of what was happening and also attempting to calm them both down. When the lights turned back on, Kendall was holding the now blank red card. A yellow card was also in front of her. I didn't wait this time. I turned it over to reveal the number three. This doesn't make sense, I thought to myself. Why did she get the third yellow card, even though it was not her turn? What and where the hell were these yellow cards coming from? They weren't in the box when we opened it. Something very bad is... Before I could finish my thought, it was interrupted by my phone. Queen's Don't Stop Me Now played at an inhuman volume level. All of us clasped our ears, trying to preserve our hearing and our sanity. Finding a way to finally open one eye, I firmly met my gaze with Jay. I could barely make out what he was attempting to mouth to me, but eventually realized he was saying, Your turn. The sound waves were almost visible. I reached out with all my might, grabbing the die. A weak toss bounced the die, hitting one side, then another. The die landed. I rolled a one. Freddie Mercury's epic voice was silenced, releasing us from our auditory prison. Gasping for air, we finally sat up, attempting to regain our sanity. 
Wh where's Kelsey? Kendall asked. Holy shit. She's gone. Sh she's gone. Jay interjected right before we lost our minds. Alright, listen. It's part of the game. I know it doesn't sound right, but we need to continue the game before we think about this. Maybe she freaked out and laughed while we were all getting our ears beaten to a pulp by your ringtone. We shouldn't have jumped into this bullshit Lake Hill game, but now we can't stop. Let's just end this and figure it out later. Jay sounded entirely reasonable, despite the horror we had just gone through. A member of our party had just disappeared, for God's sake. But for some reason, I understood what he was saying. I looked at Kendall, giving her a look of, I'm sorry. She returned the sentiment. I moved my diamond piece. The spot I landed on said, random. I put my head down, running my hands through my black hair. The black hair that would probably see some grays sprouting up in the immediate future. Keeping my head to the ground, I asked Jay what that means. It says you pick up a card, either black or red. A feeling of dread blanketed my body. Keeping my left hand on my face, I reached with my right for a card. I pulled the card. Opening my eyes, I read. As I finished, I looked at my two remaining friends. They looked back at me with bated breath, like what I was about to say might end the world. The card read, Choose which of your two friends should leave the game. Jay immediately started shaking his head. No, no, no. How the hell does this game know how many people are here? This is a pre-packaged bullshit Parker Brothers game, man. What the hell did you do to us, Jake? Kendall started to silently cry. Stop! I slammed my fist into the bar, rattling the game pieces and cards. Both Jay and Kendall recoiled out of instinct. I'm not choosing between you two. It's a stupid game, and I would never make that decision. Look, I don't know what's going on here. Whether it be supernatural or paranormal or... I don't know. But we can logically explain this. Looking at my friends, the only friends I've kept in the last 20 years, I could see my mini motivational speech had fallen on deaf ears. I think we should put this piece of shit away and go look for Kelsey. I never thought she would be so spooked by something like this. I stood up, made sure I had my house keys in my left pocket and my phone in my right. I nodded for Jay to join me. He was about to stand up when a voice quietly sounded behind us. It was Kendall. You rolled. You moved your piece. You accepted the move. 
There is no avoiding it. I'll take a liberty here. You don't have to choose between me or Jay. Without Kelsey, I don't want to be here anyway. Both Jay and I realized what Kendall was saying all this time. We both turned around to stop her. What happened next was, in gruesome slow motion, what we saw was one of our best friends plunge a nail file into her neck, painting my basement with burgundy, red, viscous. The horrific reality of what had just happened is something I might never process. The noises she made. I shakily dropped to her side, trying to help her stay alive, but it was no use. Taking her pulse, I felt nothing, except a waxy feeling. I gripped the alien device, pulling it toward me. A yellow card. Four. Now it was just Jay and me both on our knees, both on either side of one of the sweetest people we had ever met. In a matter of minutes, she had lost her twin sister, and then her own life. I again put my head down. Your turn, I said. Jay didn't let his eyes leave poor Kendall. He reached for the die without saying a word. One quick glance at me, and he tossed it. The sound of the die hitting the board felt like it would shake the ground beneath us. Four. He moved his blood-covered piece. He made no motion to read the board or pick up a card, so I leaned in and did it for him. The space read, Heart race time. Pick up a black card. I grabbed it. The black card said, Your choice. Expose one secret that no one knows about you and gain two cards or face a punishment, giving your opponent two cards. Jay started shaking his head as he finally got up from his knees and took a seat by the bar. I don't have anything to hide, Jake. You know that. I really don't give a shit about this anymore. I want to get the hell out of here. Let's pack this thing up and go. We have to call the police. If you didn't notice, there's one dead girl in your basement, and the other one is missing. I started to agree with him immediately, but I stopped. Jay, I started solemnly. The game is the game. We can't beat it like this. Not now. I know you're all about science and explaining shit, but look what's happening here, man. I tried to convince him as much as I could. I thought I had him. I got nothing for you anymore, man. I have no secrets, and I don't care about getting the two cards. 
punish me for all I care. I winced when he finished that last sentence. I felt like... Yep. The lights went out. Here we go again. My walls were closing in. There were banging noises coming from every direction. Jay fell to the ground, trying to drown out the sound of what seemed like multiple intruders. I did the same, although I felt more hopeless at this point than anything else. I just wanted to end this. When the lights finally came back on, I could see that some of my glasses had actually been tossed from their original locations. Great. So now I even have poltergeist activity tonight. Happy Friday the 13th. Happy Lake Bullshit Kill Night. The knocking was so loud I didn't even hear my glasses break. Every time the lights went out, we were met with something awful. I scanned the room. No yellow cards. No more blood. No more... Wait. A small piece of paper was peeking out of Jay's shirt pocket. Did you have that there all night? I asked. He looked down to his left breast pocket. He pulled the note out, and I watched his eyes sink as he read it to himself. The note fell from his hand. What is it? He offered no response. I slowly grabbed the note from the ground in front of him. It wasn't a note at all. It was a prescription. Well, well, Buttrell. Jay, what is this? I asked. I... I, I, I didn't know. He offered. Something in his deadpan tone told me he did know. It was supposed to... It was supposed to treat anxiety. Damn it. The side effects were stated, but... The company that pushed it... They paid a lot. They... Jeremiah, what did you do? Take your cards, Jake. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't care what the punishment is. I'll die with what I know. Pretty extreme for the good doctor I've known since college. He's one of the most upstanding people I've ever been around. Did you hurt people, man? What the hell is this? Just admit it and you'll get the cards. We're almost done with this nightmare. Jay looked around the room, seemingly planning his next action. No. I can't. For some reason, he pulled a red card without being told to by the game. What are you doing? I thought to myself. Jay read the card out loud. You won't release your deeds. So now you'll sow the seeds. You reap what you sow, after all. With that, he placed the card back down on its face. He reached back into his front shirt pocket 
producing two little yellow pills. I couldn't see exactly what was etched on them from where I was sitting, but I thought I could make out what looked like three little letters. R. I. P. Jay, don't! I tried to reach for him, but it was too late. He threw them down his throat before I had a chance. A big swallow, and his pupils immediately dilated. A small amount of foam emanated from both corners of his mouth. Jay, stop! It's not worth it! Don't do this! I desperately tried to get to him, but he was gone. My best friend, my only friend now, just canatonically pointed to his pocket. I approached cautiously, pulling out two yellow cards. On them was written, five and six. This will be my last turn. I'm going to fix this. Somehow. I have no idea how, but I'll fix it. Not letting Jay out of my sight, I hastily threw the devil die. Six. I slammed my diamond piece six places, reaching the first square where we started this game. The square was blank, as it was from the beginning. I didn't know what to do. It offered no instruction. Jay broke his frozen state. Speaking without emotion, monotone, he said, Congratulations. The first to make one trip around the board automatically gains one yellow card. I stared at him. Confusion, sadness, despair flooded my entire being. He pointed at the center of the board. The black and red cards were gone. The pieces, the die, all gone. One yellow card sat. I shakily grabbed it and flipped it over. Seven. I have no idea how, but I suddenly woke up in my bed. My head felt like the Hammer Brothers from Super Mario were having a party. I willed myself up, immediately falling to the ground. Pain shot through my entire body. Momentarily forgetting everything from last night, I ran downstairs. After I puked like a champion. I found my basement bar in pristine condition. No empty drinks. No board game. No canatonic friend. No dead friend bleeding out from the ground next to him. I found my phone on the bar. 10% battery left, thank goodness. Zero notifications. No missed calls. I tried calling Jay. No answer. I called both twins. Same result. 
I sat down, holding my smoldering head in my hands. After what felt like an eternity, I heard a text message go off. Sonic the Hedgehog's ring sound. It snapped me back to reality. Opening the text, I saw it was from Jay. Hey brother, twins just landed at Metro Airport. I'll be there in an hour or so. So pumped for tonight. I think we all need this. Funny, it's Friday the 13th, right? (laughs) Anyway, I'll see you soon. Thank you for joining me in this episode of the Nope Too Creepy podcast. If you're interested in learning more about the author, Blake Blizzard, links to connect with him can be found in the show notes. And if you're interested in getting your hands on a spooky board game, why not consider Encounters? It's an easy-to-learn strategy game for two to five players. If you and your friends are fans of horror, cryptids, and all things spooky, The link for the Kickstarter can also be found in the show notes. Until next time, everyone. This is your host, Dan David, reminding you all to stay safe out there. I'll be seeing you in the next episode. Nope.